0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. I want to talk to you for a few moments today from the book of Mark, chapter 5. There's an amazing story there that that I think speaks to the times that we're in. I want to get a little phrase in your spirit and in your heart so that when you feel worry, when you feel fear, when you feel panic, when you feel the the anxiety of the times, that this would rise up in your spirit. What I'm going to teach you would rise up in your mind and your attitude and your heart as a defense against the attack of fear. In Mark chapter five, there was a girl who had died it was a tragedy she was 12 years of age and jesus walked into that house where death had come we don't know what killed her but it was some disease and it had taken her life and then jesus says something so strange and i like the king james version of this particular verse because he says in verse it says in verse 38 when he came into the house they were weeping and they were wailing loudly, and crying, and, and understandably so. And when he came in, he said to them, Why do you make this ado and weep? That's a strange terminology. Why do you make this big ado about this situation? What Jesus was really saying was what Shakespeare got a hold of. He heard that verse where Jesus said, one translation says, why are you making much ado about nothing? And Shakespeare took that phrase and he wrote a whole play and it became one of his famous plays. And of course it was called Much Ado About Nothing. He took it from that verse where Jesus said, why are you making so much ado About this situation. Now, let me underscore something very important. What Jesus was saying was, he was not underplaying the danger. He was not underplaying the tragedy. He was not playing down as though it. He was unaffected by the sorrow and the weeping and the tragedy that the people were going through in that house. But what he was saying was, even in the darkest moments, even in the darkest days, choose faith over fear. What he was saying was, I am here. I'm in your house. And he said, don't make much ado about nothing. Certainly I'm not preaching that the plague is nothing, that the coronavirus is nothing. It's deadly. It's dangerous. God gave us common sense to deal with it in every way that we can. But when you compare it to the God who is on your side, when you compare it because Jesus was standing in the same house where the plague had come and, and, and when you compare it to our God, it's much ado about nothing because he doesn't fail and he is with us and he is for us. We believe today that the spirit of fear is loose in our nation and around the world. And he wants to do everything that it can to get us to worry, to feel anxious, to feel stressed out, to feel as though everything's over and we're coming to an end. We're not coming to an end. God's not through blessing this nation. It's not too late for America. It's not too late for you. It's not too late for your marriage, for your home or your family. You've got to learn to take the word of God, and when you feel the fear and the worry and the anxiety and the stress, that word comes up in you like a defense. When I read it this week, it's like the Lord just seemed to whisper to me, not in an audible voice, but just in my mind and my heart. I kept hearing those words Don't make much ado about nothing, don't let worry make you go into just panic. Jesus said, I am with you in your home. I am where you are. I know your address. I know all about you. I have not forgotten about you. I am with you. No matter what comes our way, our first reaction should be faith that overcomes the fear. Choose faith over fear. Choose faith over panic and over being petrified and crying It's much ado about nothing when you stack it up and compare it to the healing, miraculous, powerful God that we serve. Well, what about this virus? We will survive. We're more than conquerors through Christ. No weapon formed against us will prosper. And then he said that nothing can separate us from the love of God. We're being dominated right now in our culture in our our culture, by fear. We need to go from fear-based living to faith-based living. Listen to me carefully. Over the last few decades, the life expectancy has more than doubled. The capacity of life expectancy over the last few decades has increased tremendously. Let's not make much ado about nothing as though that everybody's going to die. We're actually living longer and healthier than any time in human history. Choose faith over fear. We have more health than any other generation. We have more long life than any other generation. We have more cures, more medicine, more technology, more science than we've ever had. And yet, many people are living in fear, even though we're living twice as long and more healthy than we ever have in human history, in our lifetime and in our generations. And yet the generation that is more healthier than ever is more worried and more fearful. I'm not saying we shouldn't be afraid, but I'm saying that we shouldn't make much ado about nothing when we remember that our times are in God's hands. That that the power of life and death, he holds the keys. The devil is so defeated, death is so defeated, it doesn't even have the keys to its own house. Because Jesus said, I have the keys. It's amazing that we're living longer and healthier than we've ever lived before. And there was a man by the name of Bob Garfield who did research on three major publications. I could name them, but I'll be kind and these are major major newspapers and publications in our nation and he did story after story where they predicted that this was going to take so many lives and this you know uh, pandemic was going to happen and this thing was going to happen and this bad thing was going to happen and when it was all said and done he added up all the predictions of the of the of the articles that he put together from three newspapers and he discovered that they had predicted that 543 million Americans in our lifetime would end up seriously in, in, in a period of a, of a year and a half, actually. He said that 543 million, if you added them all up, would become seriously ill. That's amazing when you understand that there's only 350 million Americans, approximately, Much ado about nothing. Choose faith over fear. You see, every time you turn the TV on, you're going to have to choose faith over fear. And I want that word to come up in your spirit. Much ado about nothing. God is with me. God is for me. God is in me. God is blessing my family, keeping my family. He can be trusted. I can trust him. Choose faith over fear. Don't let the fear flu get you. You know, the 10 spies in the book of Numbers, they caught the fear flu. And only two of them said, we're well able to take it. Ten of them said, oh no, the giants are great. The problems are great. Everything's going to overtake us. But two of them who didn't catch the fear flu came back and they said, we're well able. You know what happened to them? They got vaccinated with faith. That's what needs to happen to America today. You need to get vaccinated with faith that gives you the power to choose faith over fear, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, faith in the name above every name, faith in the power of the cross and the blood of the lamb, faith that the blood of the lamb on your household, on your doorpost, spiritually on your heart and your family can cause death to pass over and that God can heal by his stripes, the diseases, and the afflictions of man. People who study genes and genetics, scientists, they have identified a certain gene recently. It's called gene SLG684. And you know what they labeled it? It's called the worry gene. (laughs) It's a medical fact. I want you to listen to me carefully. And The people who have the short version of the gene SLG684 are prepositioned, they say, and more prone to worry than people who have the long version of this particular gene. And when I read that, I thought to myself, oh God, do I have the short version or the, you know, just just reading that, I just immediately went to worry and I, I remembered this text, much ado about nothing. I'm with you. I'll never forsake you. I'll never leave you. I'll never abandon you. I'm telling you today that God does not want us to live in chronic fear. Fear is usually the result of increased vulnerability. And that's what we're feeling in our nation and around the world. We feel vulnerable We don't have any way to protect ourselves, but we have the protection of Psalms 91. And if you don't even read the Bible, by the way, I was notified today that many of the rabbis and synagogues are reading the protection Psalms out of the book of Psalms over their people, and they're asking them to take those psalms. They believe that there is supernatural power in psalms like Psalms 91, that when you speak those words, that he'll give his angels charge over you, that he'll protect you, that, that, that he will keep you, and it, you abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Read Psalms 91. When you're afraid, choose faith over fear. Read the Word of God. If you'll read the Bible, the Bible will read you. And it'll detect that fear and then it'll feed your faith. Isaiah 43 and 2 needs to be spoken over our nation today. When you pass through the water, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers, they will not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, it will not burn you. Neither shall the flame be kindled against you. And then he goes on to say later that you are precious in my sight and I love you and I will give people for your life and the the person that he gave for my life was Jesus Christ. He carried my sorrow. He carried my sickness. He carried my death in his body on the cross. And he did you don't allow faith to cause you to go into denial. When people become dominated by fear, they begin to move into denial. And, and, and this is so important because they don't want to deal with the issue. So If during this crisis that we're facing, something comes up, if you begin to get the symptoms, don't go into denial. Faith is not denial. Faith is not pretending like, you know, that you have faith so great that that, that you don't have any issues. Everybody has problems. Everybody gets sick. Everybody goes through issues. But here's what I tell people. Everything is better with Jesus, including trouble. So... Fear wants to cause us to go into denial. To not deal with the issues. Listen to this. Face the problem, but focus on God. Choose faith over fear. That's why a lot of folks don't get checkups. They don't go to doctors. They they haven't had a, a physical in so long. Because they're afraid. They're dominated with fear. And the truth is, this is no time to be dominated with fear. And... This is a time when we don't need to be living in denial. Secondly, fear causes us to become people of procrastination. You see, fear makes you begin to procrastinate. And you should confront something. You should confront someone. But because of fear, you just just put it off. And you put it off. And you put it off. And you put it off. And lastly, fear causes us to enter into a place of indecision. Somebody said, when you're, when you're caught between a yes, sir, and a no, sir, you got to make a big decision. You don't know if you should go with yes, sir, or no, sir, you get an all, sir. And a lot of people are in the valley of decision. God told Elijah, he said, tell the people, why do you halt between two opinions? Why are you, why are you not making a decision? Because fear causes us to move into, into a place of indecision. When God tells us to not fear, He's saying you don't, He's not saying you don't have to ever have the emotion of fear. What He's saying is, trust me, even though you are afraid. Trust me and choose faith over fear. Compared to our God who is on our side, listen, let it get in your spirit. It's much ado about nothing. Get faith first, not fear first. Face it and fight it, God said, and I'll be with you. That's what we're doing as a nation. That's why we're not assembled today. We're facing the fact that we're dealing with a problem. We're facing the problem, but we're focusing on God. The president has called the nation to prayer and to praise. And the most often given commandment is fear not, for I am with you. And I want to conclude as they're coming back to the music that God delights, listen, in courageous people and people who are strong and courageous, who when they face challenges, they don't buckle and they don't fear and they don't fall. Many are afraid now of the fear of failure of their business and their finances. I believe this fear is very real to many of you you know, in our ministry here across all of our campuses, we have decided to this next week to ask our employees to just all of them that can. And and of course, if they have any symptoms of sickness, not to come to work, but beyond that, many corporations and many people are doing this across the nation. And we decided to do it just to stay home because children are out of school and so on. And so we want families together. And We said, just do work from your computer, do work at home. But the fear of failure of business and the stock market and finances and the economy can cause people to tremble and fear and oh no. But Jesus said, I'll take care of you. It's much ado about nothing. If I feed the sparrows, I'm going to feed you. If I take care of all of nature, I'm going to take care of you but what if this happens what if that happens nathaniel hawthorne hawthorne nathaniel hawthorne lost his job he was so depressed he didn't know what he was going to do had a great wife and she got a pad of paper and she got a pen and a quill of ink And she threw it on the table. And she said, I've heard you at that job that you're not real excited about going to every day. Say, I wish that I had time to write a book. And she said, now you've got the time. And she threw that pad of paper down and that pen. And she said, write the book. And he did. It was called The Scarlet Letter. It's one of the best-selling books of all time. Sometimes the greatest thing that can happen in our life is for God to shut everything down. We're in the middle of a divine shutdown in our nation. I went with Sharice to Costco yesterday. That was quite an experience. And people are, and rightfully so, they're so concerned they're stocking up in food and water and essentials. And it feels like in business, and church, as I'm preaching to an empty thousands of seats in this auditorium, and I'm preaching, it's because we're in a divine shutdown. But that's when God does His greatest work. When you're down to nothing, God's up to something. God's up to something in America. You would have stayed right where you were, but maybe this, this divine shutdown is... It's what God is wanting to do. is what he did with Jehoshaphat in the Old Testament. They reached a problem where they were outnumbered, out-resourced, and out of options. And he lifted up his eyes to heaven and he said, God, we don't know what to do. 2 Chronicles 20. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. And God is saying, I brought America to a divine shutdown So that you will look up and say, God, our eyes are upon you. This is the moment of divine destiny. And don't you know that our God is bigger than the shutdown. Our God is bigger than the coronavirus. Our God is bigger than the financial needs and the stock market Issues and all of the things we will see restoration and a resurrection in America, but it must begin on our knees. It must begin with my people, which are called by my name, humbling themselves and calling on God and praying. And I'm going to pray for you in conclusion today, but I want you to get it into your spirit. That when you watch the news, when you see this and you see that, not that we don't take these times serious and these issues and heed all of the health warnings that we're hearing constantly. Absolutely. But I pray that this little word will get in your spirit. Much ado about nothing. You know, there's been so many times in this ministry where I worried. I worried about this. I worried about that. I worried and I'd have the Lord come along and give me this little phrase. Much ado about nothing. Trust me. Trust me. God is teaching us in the middle of this shutdown, in the middle of this crisis, to depend on him. Faith is dependency on God. And so today, I want to ask you a question. There's a scripture in the book of Jeremiah that said, if you can't run with the footman, what will you do when the horseman come?" If this virus is causing you to fear and tremble because you know you're not right with God, what are you going to do? This is just the footman. What are you going to do when the horses of the apocalypse predicted in the book of Revelation are released? Famine and death and war. It names four that will at some point be released. If you can't run with the footman, what will you do when the horsemen come? Jeremiah said. I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put my faith in the one who has conquered it all. Who said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I am your God and you are my people and you're a royal diadem in my hand. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe on him. God so loved the world. That's you. That's me. You don't get good to get God. You get God to get good. Quit trying to change your life and then come to God. He'll take you just as you are. He'll bless you. He'll protect you. He'll heal you. He'll strengthen you. He'll lift you. And no, you're not immune to problems. And yes, you go, will go through things that people of faith don't have, but there is a, there's an anchor to your soul. There's something that gives you the power to move forward, to keep on keeping on. And it's Jesus. If you can't run with the footman, and these are just the tremblings of things to come, what will you do when the horsemen come?